what's up y'all welcome back to faded truth before you do anything like share and subscribe and today i have mr mario wizzo fernandez on the show how you feeling over there well that's a mouthful but i'm doing great <laughs> well i mean i was gonna say does anyone still call you jose no if you're the police only you call me jose all my friends okay. call me mario so you're a music engineer and producer Work with several LA natives in the West Coast uh, hip hop realm, including Nipsey Hussle. Yes. So you were born in Mexico. Yes. Probably only lived cumulatively about uh, seven years in Mexico. I went to an all boys school, so I remember that. You know that that was pretty tough, and I remember my <laughs> neighborhoods. You know, I remember. I just remember the feeling. You know, like it's just not a lot of opportunity. So yeah, I don't okay, miss so it. Then not gonna lie. How'd you get to Cali? Uh, we immigrated. Um, the first city that I actually landed on was Santa Ana, which is where I reside now. And then I actually, we moved to East LA and then we moved over to the Bay Area. And then I spent the last 14 years in Santa Ana. Uh, I've just been like a California native. Did you um, always like, were you always into music at a young age? Uh, I was actually kind of I wasn't to, to making music, but I didn't really consider myself like, I want to be a musician. I more or less wanted to kind of just change the world. And I was looking for opportunities that kind of guided me in that direction. Like, you know, how can I do that? And that that's kind of what got me started in technology. And I was just kind of a tinkerer and just involved in that stuff. And from that game came kind of my passion into like computers, technology, software programs. And I was going down this path of just, you know, being a technologist, being, you know, just being part of the computer world. And one day it just kind of occurred to me that although that was cool, I didn't really like it as it wasn't a passion. And at this point, I had been in, in bands, you know, I had I had just started making beats, just kind of like whatever. And one day I was like, you know what? It, it dawned on me that the best way to change the world is to change the way people think. And the quickest way that people make themselves uh, change their thoughts is to pieces of music. And so that kind of allowed me to take all that technology and the, and the application of like the science of sound and like psychology and all that stuff. It drove me into music. And I was like, this is what I need to be doing because it, it kind of marries all of those disciplines that I had. Like, you know, I don't need a, a computer guy. Like I'm my computer guy, I'm my own, I'm my own computer guy, you know, like, I don't need a plug for sounds, you know, I'm, I, I find my own sounds and I know the technologies like the torrents and like Napsters and all that stuff. Like I was already tapped in with this whole technological revolution. I mean, and this happened over the last 10, 15 years, right? And, and I was tied to the beginnings of all of those things. So for me, it started more or less just kind of like, how can I influence society? And then it just became this it's like okay music music and and luckily you know i was able to be part of you know the situation with nip and his vision which was to to you know touch people with music as well so it's it, it kind of was dope for me to be able to have like you know this, this plan that i had and then to have like what you think is plan b and like you know it's always plan a so for me it's it's just coming around to the same plan a you know right full circle yeah. I mean, that's crazy that you thought that that young that you wanted to change the world, that you like were conscious of that, you know? I think it was just, it came from um, 
just, you know, migrating to the U.S. and just knowing that, you know, I have to take advantage of the opportunity um, just because it's just, you know, my parents worked so hard for that. You know, it's just, it's just always been in the back of my mind that I just, you know, I, I can't not go hard. Yeah. You started your internship in 2009 at a post-production studio. Yes. So was that your first like gateway into the music part of it? Yeah. Yeah. Where you were tech. Yeah. 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 Actually that was, you know, one of my friends actually, he was kind of just this crazy party animal, man. And just, he just knew everybody. And he's like, yo, like, I want you to meet this dude. Like, I think you guys are, you know, you guys will click. And I had just started like getting software and I'm talking like the beginning, beginning. And he connected me with this dude and this dude's like, yo, like come through, bring some weed. Cause I was a weed man. So I was like, got it, I got you. So it was like being able to be part of that was just like, it was dope. You know, I was, I just got taken under somebody's wing. Uh, and just just having that go-getter attitude just like whatever like whatever like whatever was needed I would bring it and I really got ushered into like locked in into this whole like pro tools and and best practices and like how to record artists and like everything that like you know I probably would have learned if if I would have taken one of these like courses or classes and everything I literally I was able to get a mentor and you know, I'll still shout him out, you know, Steve DeMarchi, you know, like, I can't thank him enough for really just teaching everything about anything that I needed to to learn from Pro Tools, the software, how to, and, and obviously it, it, it helped that I was a technologist, right, and I never really had computer problems, so, and, you know, I was tapped in with the just programming world that, that I was able to just learn quickly, but, yeah, that was my first real gig, that's crazy, crazy, you know that. Yeah, well, I mean... It- within every industry it's like you always have to find somebody that's willing to help you right you know and give you that chance because you had no history in the music part of it but you know what i mean like they gave you that chance and then look where you're at now so it's like i always i hope i can give somebody that opportunity in like something that they're doing you know one day because i know how like far i came just from certain people you know thinking like you know having my back and having faith in me it's a lost art form it really is very lost art form you know a lot of people put want to put themselves on and they never really think about you know building the team around them and building a lot of people that are winners you know because if, if you build yourself as a winner and build winners around you it's hard to lose can you play any instruments yes i play uh, guitar drums and bass oh okay which one's your favorite and keyboard play? guitar i love guitar. guitar uh yeah guitar and bass and can you can you rap at all can did you pick up any I, I, I songwrite, so I have song written before with people and I have, like, I, I rap lyrics, but I'm not, I never, you know, like, when I started my music journey, like, Latin rappers weren't a thing, you know, so I was like, it was way too early, you know, it would have been, like, super hard to brand myself that way, not that I didn't, like, think, like, oh, yeah, you know, I want to express myself that way, so, yes, I, I, I did think about it for a very long time, but... It, it was very clear to me that I was going to be more valuable, like being a, not only just a producer, but like an engineer, right? Because those things weren't a thing. Like now everybody's a producer engineer, but when I was a producer engineer, it wasn't a thing. Like either you were an engineer 
and you focus on being an engineer or you were a producer. So I was a producer, engineer, but I was also an instrumentalist. So it kind of gave me a little bit of edge. Where'd you get the name Wizzo from? It's, it's strictly from what it sounds like. Like my friends were like, oh, you're a wizard, you're a wizard. And then it's like, we came Wiz and it was Wiz. And at this time, it was like Wiz Khalifa was barely coming out. And I was, I was like still also gaining traction. I was like, look, I don't want to confuse myself with like, you know, I don't want to do that right. very early. So I had an opportunity. And then my, my, my homie, Kevin Parks, one day we, we just finished recording his, one of his verses and he's like, Wizzo. And I was like, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> that was it. 2010, a year after you start your internship, you meet Nipsey Hussle. How did you guys meet? I had just been connecting with different A&Rs, I guess, be like dudes that just place beats at the time. It was just, everybody was trying to be a, like an A&R. So everybody was just like sending beats out and sending beats. And, you know, I have a big network. So I was fucking with a lot of like people that were using social media to, to bridge the network, the, the gaps that they had uh, and the accessibility that they had to other artists. Right. So there was a lot of big, it was a big movement of these folks, which became kind of like like your influencers at the time it was just people that had a big music network so i sent a lot of beats out to these guys and one day i'm just sitting in my room and you know everybody starts calling me and they're like yo you know you're on that nipsey you're on that nipsey and i'm like what you know so you know i never really know how my beat got to nip but i just know that i kept my head down and send my beats to every opportunity that i ever could and I sent them out and one day, like it got somewhere. And you know, that summer was, um, you don't got a clue with it on uh, the marathon. And it was just like, wow, like, you know, I'm just this producer sending beats out to the internet, to whomever. And like an opportunity comes up and it was, it was just crazy because, you know, in 2010, like that whole concept was like in his infancy, right? Like the whole, like, music industry using it, using social media as an avenue for reach and, and, and direct communication to the consumer and, and to build and to network. So for me, it was like, it was dope to be able to use technology, to bridge the gap in creativity and to be able to be part of something like really fucking dope. So we met um, off the internet. Yeah, it's dope. So you worked on a lot of different projects with him because you're on the marathon, the marathon continues. Crenshaw mixtape and then Victory Lap was his first album. So you yes. got, um, is it like an engineering credit or a producer credit is what you would get on the albums? Yes. Yeah. So um, I produced, I, I was a producer on all the, um, all those albums you talked about. And there's also Mailbox Money, which I, uh, I produced and engineered as well. On Victory Lap, Victory Lap, we started working on Victory Lap in 2012. So I was recording some of the songs that made it uh, on the album since 2012. So I was credited as a, as a recording engineer and uh, a mixer. Nice. So does that open up like a lot of doors for you because you were on his albums? Do like people just reach out to you all the time to help them with yeah. their beats? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's 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 been a blessing, you know. And if I could give it all back and. I'll have my brother back out there. I do that in a heartbeat. You know, I always tell people like it's bittersweet, you know, having some of these plaques and having some of these awards. But the premise on which I got them is kind of like not the most 
favorable or not the most honorable, I guess. But it has opened up a lot of doors and, you know, especially building my company, you know, it, it's kind of allowed me to speak with confidence and, and speak with conviction because, you know, it's, it's I'm putting out an, an, an audio product and I'm building a company in music and around uh, technology in the studio. So having a Grammy nomination, having, you know, gold and, and, and uh, platinum records, it's like akin to having a doctrine or like having a master's, you know? So uh, from a business perspective and from my personal brand, it's, it's, it's been like invaluable. Um, and yeah, you know, as far as like, you know, people reaching out, it, it's, it's a lot of people that, you know, read the credits and they look and they, you know, they read the back of the CD and, and, and those guys are reaching out. They're like, damn, yo, you know, I didn't know that you did that stuff. Um, so it's definitely, it definitely helped be connect with new, new talent. For me, I'm, I'm looking to be that kind of a mentor and to kind of, uh, be some, you know, a springboard to, to new artists, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always down to listen to music. So if, you know, some of your, your, uh, your audience, you know, is looking like, yo, how can I send beats, you know, find me, find me on Instagram, send me some stuff. I'm always listening down to listen to stuff. And I'm always down to help people that, you know, it's, it's hard to find an artist just because a lot of artists, even though they say they're, they're ready, it, not a lot of people are willing to put themselves aside to allow the creativity to, to just flow. And everybody is very, um, married to the art form. So it's hard to find artists that are truly ready. And now it's, it's more evident to me what that really means. You know, like a lot of people say that, like, what does it mean? You're not ready. You're not ready. It, it's, it's a mental and a psychological thing, you know, because you, obviously you have to have determination, you have to have conviction, but if you don't have the psychology of what the art is, is about, um, you can get lost in your own art form being a perfectionist and having this analysis paralysis that most artists have or of what you think things should be or how they should happen when in 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 in, uh, in reality you, you should just be along for the ride um right. and that sounds weird but when you're just starting you should allow things to happen before you try to you know put these tools to use you should just see how they work first and i think that a lot of artists fail to do that. You know, a lot of artists fail to just just be like, how can I add value? You need me to do this, let's do that. You know, you need me to do this, cool, let's do that. And and they don't they fail to realize that time is on their side, you know, in a year's worth in a year's time if if you get in where you fit in, you know, by the time you're fit in, you know, you're you're gonna be an invaluable piece of the situation. You'll be able to leverage some of the, the situations that, that you built around you. So I'm looking to work with artists like that, you know, to, to help them and be a mentor or just like someone wants for me. What do you think is the best memory that you have with Nipsey? Oh man, one of the dopest memories I've got is uh, when we recorded Crenshaw's Lost True Story. Recorded at a, at a uh, DJ Ski Studio, and it was um, it was it was just a dope night. We had been recording a bunch of tracks, and and Nip had been knocking them out one take. So it was like, it was this back and forth, um, like taunting of each other. If I was ready for him to knock it out one take and making sure that I didn't fuck up, like make sure I get the take. Cause you know, you have that with the artist, like, oh shit bro, I wasn't recording or like, I wasn't ready for you. You know, it's like, it happened a couple of those times where he just started going off and I was like, damn bro, I wasn't even recording you. <laughs> and he's like, come on bro, like one take Jake, one take Jake. So we, you know, 
so with that preface, you know, we, we were at the at DJ Ski Studio and he gets on the mic and he's like, all right, Wizzo, if I knock this out, all y'all going to give me 100 push-ups. And, and I'm all like, damn, Jake, like that. And he's like, come on, Jake, let's go, one take. And and he hit that, you know, he hit that one take. And, uh, you know, I just get off the board and I start to go in on doing these push-ups. And he's like, no, I'm just fucking with you, Wizzo, let's, <laughs> let, let's, let's get it. And, and we recorded it again because he, he was a perfectionist, right? but, you know, that one take was fire, you know, and, and, and every time I go back to that session, it, I can hear that, you know, it's like, it's in the recording, like, yo, if I do this in, you know, one take, y'all owe me a hundred pushups. So it's like a cool memory because it, it just kind of gives you a, um, kind of a clue into his work ethic. You know, he, he, he could just one take shit or, or he would take time. But he was always like, you know, fucking with you, and it was always just fun in the studio, and, and, and it was just like a dope time. I was gonna ask you because you know you were working so close and friends with Nipsey. If he ever talked to you about the CMOS, and you know, because he was doing the documentary on Dr. Sebi, so I was gonna say like during your conversations, did he ever bring up health to you and like what he's kind of doing for himself, and did it, it kind of get you into the vegetarian thing, or how did that come about? Sometimes we would just order a lot of chicken wings and or like a lot of like fish or something like that. But most of the time it was always good ingredients. You know, we always, he always preached about good ingredients, just having good food that had real ingredients. Um, but as far as like the vegetarianism, you know what? That actually came afterwards. It's just, it just, it just clicked one day. I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't know if I like cow. It's a Nipsey line too, you know, you gotta eat, you gotta kill a cow if you want to eat steak too. So I started to think about that and I was like, if people actually killed the cows that they need to eat, people would kill those cows. So I started with that and then I, it just started, to, I started to see like, I don't know, I think it was my Instagram algorithm at the time. I was just like coming down the rabbit hole and, and this, this like animal thing popped up on like this slaughter thing and then it's like how animals try to protect each other when they can't they're like so vulnerable to even try anyways and i was like you know what i i think i'm good with, with me i think i'm good and then it was out it was around the time where like it was a heightened sense of like the dr sebi stuff and like all this stuff i kind of kind of started coming off so i was like you know what it's as, as good as the time as it is right now and i don't miss it at all like honestly i feel really good i have like these really healthy shakes that i've been having for like the last eight years and uh, my metabolism super fast. I'm super plant-based now. And I mean, I eat fish. So a lot of people think that's kind of cheating, but I don't know. I just, I guess I pick and choose and right. know, fish don't, fish don't really seem to have like a high <laughs> conscious to me. And maybe that's just me being d a dick and like, right. Cause judging. I don't, people be like, every yeah, living like, thing has a brain. Yeah, of course. I, I just right. don't know. But no, but I it's like, know. like they say, you don't, you want to eat your pets, right? Well, people of raise course. these fucking yeah. cows and pigs and everything like their pets, and then they slaughter them, you know, a few months later. And it's like, I, I can see how, like, a lot of people that are uh, from a different country, they say, like, they're not vegan if they're in their own country because they know where their meat is coming from. But in the U.S., yeah. yeah, you never know where your shit's packaged. You don't know who touched it, what else it mixed with, like, you know? Yeah. So I've been trying to like, I've been that, watching the videos and I'm still can't really yeah. connect it. So I'm, I'm getting there. The, the amino acids and, and and just the hormones, like when, when the animal's dying, like when they're getting slaughtered, like all that stuff matters. 
because it's going inside of you, right? So it's like you right. are what you eat, and if you're just this like nervous, if you're eating this just nervous animal that's like dying or like drinking, you know, cow breast milk, and it's like this cow produced this milk for its calf, but now they separate them because that's how you get the milk, and now the cow's all stressed out, and then like they milk it, and then that goes into you, like. What do you think that does to you? You know, so I started to look at that from a perspective, but I don't try to preach it. And like, but it's like if you really stop and think about it, like this, this like commercialization of processed meat is just not good for us. It really isn't. Right. Like, I don't know. I think we're gonna see those health issues somewhere. Like, maybe not our generation, maybe not the next one, but somewhere along the lines, we're gonna figure out what all that's gonna be doing to us. So you also work with um, other LA artists such as Scheme, Sean Momberger, and Dom Kennedy. They're all artists. Uh, Sean Momberger is a dope producer, man. Like okay. definitely check him out. He is super dope. I mean, he's he's done a ton of stuff for for a lot of folks. Igazelia, uh, homie is a super dope producer. But Scheme, yeah, Scheme is another LA native. He is uh undoubtedly one of the dopest lyricists um he writes for a lot of people besides himself um i i, I was uh super uh blessed to work with them um at the same time while i was working with nipsey he's just such a dope artist such a super cool cat incredibly talented incredibly smart dude i was i did his uh inga world uh the first edition of his inga world i was the executive producer producer and the recording engineer mixer on that so we, we took that project from from conception to to finish so that was super dope and dom kennedy um i i did a, we, we cut we cut a couple of records that i never put out so i'm hoping one day he just surprises me but we actually went on tour together so it, was it that was the really get home dope. safely tour yeah that was super dope okay. um we did a like 32 cities one night it was I, I think it was in uh, sacramento it was super late there was nothing to eat and we all just it, it was like at 2 a.m we all just mobbed out and I think we had given, they had given us two skateboards from this like local skate shop. And the homie uh, Dom gets on a skateboard and he like just rides ahead of us and he hits a rock and he breaks his, he like hairline fractures his arm. And we just stopped the whole tour and I was just like, duh. We were just some friends hanging out at late night. And then one of our friends just hit a rug and it's just like, you know, just some shit happened. And next thing you know, we're in the hospital, you know, like. And the tour is done. Like, and, and the tour is done, you know, we're all going home. Yeah, shout out to my homie Dom. Like if you could collab with anybody, any artists and work with them. Is there someone that you have in mind that you want to kind of chill with in the studio? You know, I really fuck with the uh, uh, Roddy Rich, man. I really like his approach uh, and like, just hit yeah his the way he explores you know the way his delivery i fuck with that and, and i always try to bring that out of artists just because i've i've seen it be a clue you know a lot I've, I've more than one artist have done that um you know and, and i think it's evident when you hear like you know one of the, one of the artists that, that comes to mind is is like young thug you know like when you hear young thug deliver like he's wild you know like he's is is his use of his tonal delivery is like crazy you know like he's he's all over he's super high pitch super low pitch as an artist when you do that when you when you get to the point where you're just comfortable with the tonality of your voice whether that is allowing this persona to kind of manifest and come out or whether you 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 just have this 
a tonal presence, I think that's when you really get um, to the point where you you become an artist. And, and that's like why for me, when I'm looking for artists to work with, I'm looking for character of the voice. And if you think about what the most memorable or like what the most impactful artist that 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 you might fuck with you know they're they have a lot of qualities obviously you know the the people that you fuck with what they say that's all you're listening to but some people that are just enjoyable to listen if you think about why they're enjoyable it's something about the the uniqueness of their voice so i always try to find artists that maybe especially when i'm like working with like upcoming artists like if an upcoming artist like hits me up and they send me like a, a, a song and it's like and I'm like halfway feeling what they're saying, but I fuck with how they said it and the tone of their voice, like to me, that's much more potential than someone hitting bars, like super bars, just because like that's a different approach, right? Like super bars is a different approach. Like you have to have a story. It doesn't matter how your voice sounds. If you have a story, who cares how your voice sounds? let the story shine you know but if 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 you have something to say and you have a message uh the tonality of your voice really is going to dictate uh how well reserved your message is heard so you know i have you know just have i'm i i guess i'm just really opinionated on uh, on that kind of stuff so roddy rich if you watch this <laughs> roddy rich yeah <laughs> fuck with me yeah i got beats bro <laughs> So before six months before you met Nipsey, you were supposed to have six months in jail. I was in some like dumb shit involved, just like lost in my mind, I guess, and uh, just trying, I guess, playing with fire. If I hadn't gone a lawyer, and if I hadn't been diligent and smart about what the potential issues that I could get myself into um which is you know a big preface into that it's it's easy to get caught up and really hard to stay out of like these weird and wild um minimum sentences right like they're just wild like if you if the comparison to like some of these super violent acts like you're just like wow I can, how can, you know, it, right, it, like for me, it was just people like, are damn, in jail for a great that's crazy. Yeah, and it's crazy for me. 20 years. So for me, it was just like, damn, that's, this shit ain't for me. Like, nah, like, I don't fuck with this shit. So it was, it was six of the worst months of my life just leading up to that point of my sentencing and then like strategizing with my, um, my lawyer. It literally was. It came down to when I was sentenced, I was sentenced to six months. Um, and we literally ran down to um, alternative sentencing, which was the floor below. And because the judge forgot to check off this box in my minute order, I was able to get house arrest. Wow. That's my entire future. Who the because, fuck was you know, looking out for you? Right? And it was like, you know, call it what it is, you know, whatever it is, you know, you become a different person person once you get put through those things and i just want to i didn't want to become that just because i've had friends that for whatever reasons they go in and yeah whatever street credit i don't need no kind of street credit like that i already i'm already good in the hood you know i don't i didn't need that i already had too many good things for myself so i wasn't 
I was never about that. It was a drawback for me. It was like, fuck, like, this shit is terrible. Like, I'm, I'm about to take off and now I have to deal with some bullshit. You know, I just put my mind to it. I didn't accept it. And, and I manifested the opportunity for myself to, to get another opportunity. You know, I manifested guidance. And uh, with that guidance, I was able to, to continue on my journey. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Manifestation. Yes. So you're real. sitting home for six months on house arrest. What are you doing? Are you just working the whole time? Just head down in the computer? Yeah. Yep. I, you know what I did? I ended up, um, I ended up focusing on all the things that were going to make me a much better at what I did. So, you know, I went down the, the, the rabbit hole with, you know, electronics and how they, how they, you know, relate to music. And, you know, I went down, I, you know, put on my nerd hat on and I, I, I built a microphone, I built a, 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 a music compressor. And I ended up getting into these, these forums and these groups and, you know, just, and these forums and these groups, they, they vibe with the old school engineer uh, world, right? Like, you know, the, the, the kind of stuff that is legendary, you know, like, uh, Eddie Kramer, you know, you're talking about the guys that preceded this whole movement. Um, and, and those guys, they, they, they were real engineers, you know, they, they had lab coats on these guys. This was a different world, you know, and these guys were building mics, they're fixing equipment. And I knew that if I wanted to appeal to that kind of sense, because, you know, it, it's, I guess over the last 10 years, it was this, this analog to digital shift. Right now is a big, uh, a big, just kind of a, 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 a resurgence of the analog movement. But at the time, it was just this analog to digital shift. And for me, I wanted to be good in both worlds. So I was like, you know what? With these six months, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get good at everything. Everything that's going to make me be invaluable to everything that I'm doing, um, I'm going to learn. So for eight months, I learned about you know, building mics, I built a mic, I built a, a, a preamp and I built a compressor and I got really good at Pro Tools and I learned ab ab about all these audio books and, and signal flow and engineering and, you know, placement of, of microphones and speakers and just everything you can think of, like all the shit that you don't have time for, you know, I had like your time. quarantine before quarantine. And that's why I was like, I've been doing this. <laughs> like, I've this, been doing this. This is like, I, I'm good with this. And that's why I tell people, like, yo, when I'm when I'm on the first flight to Mars, me and Elon are going to be like, I'm going to tell Elon, bruh, I've been on tour buses. I've been in quarantine for quarantine. Like, I'm built for this, bro. I, you know, I eat frijoles. I'm vegetarian. <laughs> Uh, I can live on protein shakes. <laughs> I'm good. Like, I don't eat no steaks. Like, you guys can feed me. You know, I don't need the fucking good. Let's go to meat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's go to Mars. I'm good. Do you think, like, because I know you had that, and then also you had, you know, your equipment and everything just get robbed from you, studios robbed from yeah. you. Yeah. So, do you think, what do you think has been like the biggest adversity or obstacle that you face so far? you know, with, with this industry? You know what, in, in the beginning, it was just um, breaking the mold of what a, 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 an engineer was supposed to be. You know, w when I really started doing this engineering, you know, engineer 
was just an afterthought. You know, nobody was just like, oh, nobody's thinking like, oh yeah, let's, you know, the cool, you know, the engineers, let's, you know, it was just more or less like, it was a, a you do as you're told position. And for me, it was coming in and, 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 and speaking truth to power to this position of being like, you know, without my ears of last year before the masses. And if you really step back and you realize where history has been made, it's been a marriage between the artist and the engineer. So for me, it was breaking that mold. It was breaking that, that stigma. And, and of course, you know, uh, coming into these situations where now it's, it's, it's very dynamic and it's, it's very inclusive, but there was a lot of situations where, you know, I was definitely a minority in the situation. And, you know, I have to kind of always, um, come in with a strong personality and and obviously it all worked out can you tell me about the bitstream audio technology so basically you allow music composition to be easier for Cor creators in the studio or yeah correct i actually have a have it right here so oh. oh, there it is so um bitstream audio it, yeah so i can't bitstream audio is a, it's it's a technology that i came up with in the studio with my friend Mike Free and uh, with Little John, um, but it, it really touches on like an issue that I had been seeing um, just all the time manifest itself in the studio, right? So you've got like three dope ass producers. They come in the studio. They're like, "Yo, let's work." You got your engineer, and then the first thing that somebody asks is, um, "You know, what DAW do you use? What what digital audio workstation do you use? What software do you use?" Right? You know, this doesn't really happen in traditional music creation. You know, you don't get a drummer coming into a studio with a pro drum set and then you know he's a guitarist has a uh, gibson guitar and the guitarist goes up to the drummer and goes hey you know i noticed my my guitar is not a pearl guitar so i'm gonna go to my house and record my parts in the tape and then i'll bring him in the studio and, and that sounds dumb um when you think about it like that but that's exactly what happened in this to us uh, producers in the studio is you're you're going into the studio and and, and the software that you use it's is it becomes an issue because you really can't fluidly collaborate with people. You know, you have to press start at the same time. You have to airdrop files. You have to do all these acrobatics to, to get to the same point. And so from that session, it became evident that it's like, wow, you know, this this problem is is something that producers have been been kind of putting up with for a very long time. And we kind of live in the digital world. We live in, you know, the age where, you know, everything's smart, right? You have a smart watch, you have a smartphone, you have a smart this, you have a smart lock, you have a smart, you know, a watch and 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 a fridge and a TV. And and it was like, wow, you know, nobody's ever really thought about a smart audio interface. There really hadn't been anything out there that allows for more than one computer to take the audio and, and kind of mesh it together to make it seem like it's coming out of one place. So this whole new concept of collaboration, it's something that I'm that I'm working to to kind of bring forward uh, to light and just kind of let people know, hey, this is a real problem. And we we live in a technology biased society that, you know, there's these solutions are out there. And I think that they hadn't been uh, manifested because there's just hadn't been uh, people with the, uh, just enough tech skills and just enough uh, music skills to kind of put them together. So I felt pretty blessed that I was like, you know, through the early tinkering that I had done to all through all that initial it um, all leads computer, up to this it all led up to that you know it, it 
everything, like everything I've ever done leads up to me putting this company together. You know, all the, all the relationships that I've ever built, you know, being in the studio, get, get having a mentor, knowing about the, you know, music and then being a technology and leads up to this. So for me, it, it's, it's super fucking dope to be able to give back. Right. And, and to, to kind of play on to this, this whole, uh, entrepreneur, uh, uh, entrepreneurial spirit of, you know, what I learned with Nip and, and, and from the perspective of building businesses and taking the branding and, and the entertainment, um, to the corporate world, right? Because the corporate world uses entertainment and uses artists to sell products. So to be able to be an artist that, that brings forward a product for producers, by producers and musicians, you know, that, that to me is, is what's really dope. Uh, for my opportunity to be able to do that so we're at a we're at a, at the stage where we're about to drop this so i'm super excited uh, i've got these really dope co uh collaborations with uh, some of the dopest uh uh daw manufacturers out there so it's like it, it's it's all kind of coming together for me you know it's it's gonna put me back in the studio to to you know i've been working on this for, for a couple of years now and congrats you know, and, that's like yeah. so great when you see it coming yeah. into fruition like yeah it, it, it's super dope and it gets hard to be 100 percent of music and start a company 100 percent. i mean i'm not even going to deny that so it's super dope for me to be able to, to explore my creative side again you know to be able to be like okay i'm gonna get back in the studio with with all my homies uh now that i've got this dope product to bring in now i can be you know i can be the plug again you know literally <laughs> be the plug you know the guy that you can plug your computer into so <laughs> it, it, at the same time be part of and to contribute in, 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 in the ways that I can to this whole uh, entrepreneurial spirit that Nipsey kind of brought this whole situation and ownership and what that means to my personal journey. Um, it, it, it's, it's really dope to be able to give back to that. And, and you know, in, in multiple ways, you know, I've, I, uh, I'm not sure if, you, if you're, you know, in this whole NFT wave and the crypto wave, but I'm, I'm big in that, 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 uh, that community as well. So um, I, I, I you know, I'm just bringing art and being bringing technology to everything that I'm doing, and and I'm probably gonna um, release and maybe give away one, the first of the audio interfaces. Maybe this one, because this is the, the first one. I'm probably. It gonna, looks so cool. Yeah, I'm probably gonna give this one away through an NFT. Um, so definitely, uh, people that are you know, your 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 audience definitely tap in with me. I want to keep that whole vibe alive of what, you know, the marathon team and, and, and the all money in team and, and all that stuff that, that we kind of put together. I just want to keep building on top of that in my own rendition of it, my own interpretation of that. So I'm, I'm super blessed to be able to do this. Shout out my mom. Really? <laughs> shout out mom. <laughs> no, shout out moms. Uh, yeah. Shout out, um, you know, all, 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 you know, my business partners, shout out, you know, my, uh, all of, uh, you know, everybody that fucks with me and, you know, just everybody out there with a the dream and, 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 and just really trying to figure out if, if what they need to do. Um, I'm hoping to kind of just be, be kind of a pillar and a voice to a lot of those people that are out there just trying to figure out like, Hey, you know, I, I want to do something with myself and my life. And, and all I can say is, you know, there's only plan A, even when you think there's more plans, if you just think it's plan A, you know, somewhere, somewhere along the line, all those useless skills that you have are gonna pay off. And I think that's important because for, it was a very long time that I felt lost. Um, so I wanna say shout out to determination. So 
Um, mm. But more mm. importantly, yeah, you know, the, the, it, it's I, I, I'm shouting out everybody's determination out there because I, I, I think that's so important. All right, Wizzo, thank you so much for being on yeah. the show. Did you have a good time? I had a great time, yeah. And, and it seems like you did, uh, you went in deep with my story, so I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you thank for you for sharing. Me to tell I my story. It. Until next time, guys, yeah. peace out. Shit, I came out the gutter. Me, my mother, and my brother. The stove in the kitchen was heat for the winter. Refrigerator was the cold in the summer. 1900 blocker made sad. Getting money, shit is straight cash. Back then it was the good life. Nowadays you need a gang pass. If you ain't legit, then you can't pass. Them young boys playing gang tag. 